right, so welcome back to Untranslated Islam. This is your brother, Ben Yusuf. And as we do, we're digging in the text untranslated and translating them in order to get benefit. So today I was thinking about the situation of Al-Fatiha. Do you want your du'as answered? That's the question that pops in my head. If you want your du'as answered, then we have a formula that we use 17 times a day that many people don't pay attention to. Okay, so in Al-Fatiha, which is the first or opening chapter of the Quran, we all say it 17 times a day in Salah, and in it is many benefits, as I said before. From those benefits is the statement of the scholars where they say it's as if the entire Quran explains the Fatiha, and the Fatiha is explained by the middle verse, which is, you alone do we worship and you alone do we seek assistance. And I've heard people say before, but I don't know because I'm not familiar with it, but I heard people say before that it's connected, that is similar to the Lord's Prayer or something like this. But the point is, is, is that... Um, as far as we're concerned, there is nothing like these seven verses, okay? And so, of the benefits is that in it is the formula for having your supplications answered, all right? So, there are two different types of supplication. And in Arabic or in Islam, we call it the supplication of ibadah or the supplication to extol God, to worship him, uh, to, to show your worship and your submission to him like this. And then the supplications or dua al-mas'ala, which is the supplication when you're asking or imploring him for, your, for his assistance or for his help or for his guidance or like this. Okay, so both of them are in al-Fatiha. And the point is, is that we use one to make closeness to God. And then we use the second to ask once we've made that closeness. But sometimes it's interchangeable. But both things should be there. Okay, so there's a, 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 a hadith. Um, that is narrated from Abu Huraira and is in Sahih Muslim. And it's also different narrations of the same hadith. But we're going to go through it and we're going to extract some benefits. All right. So the hadith says that it opened up with the with Abu Huraira. And you guys know who Abu Huraira is. OK, there's no one who memorized or narrated more hadith that we use today. There's no one who narrated more than Abu Huraira. He said um, to his companions he said to his companions, whoever makes prayer, a, prayer, a unit of prayer, a salah, and he doesn't recite the Ummul Kitab, meaning the Fatiha, then it's Khidaj. Okay, and he said it three times. He said it three times, three times, three times, and then it said, غَيْرُ tamam. So Khidaj means like it's deficient, is deficient, is deficient. And then he said on top of that, غَيْرُ tamam is not complete. It has a problem. Okay, uh, so uh, he was asked, imam. He said, sometimes we're behind an imam. Okay, so sometimes we're making prayer by ourselves. And then sometimes we're behind the imam and the imam is the one that's reciting. Okay, so they asked him, what about when we're behind an imam and he's reciting? So he said, Abu Huraira, Then you make sure you recite it to, uh, uh, it explains later on that it means like quietly, like you can, like this, where you don't make any type of sound. You can recite it like that. So some understood that it means in your heart and some understood what it means that moving your lips but without any sound all right uh and then he said why he said this he said for any samir to rasulullah sallallahu for verily i heard the messenger of allah sallallahu say directly <clears throat> call allah ta'ala he said that i heard allah 
the Prophet said that Allah said directly. And so this means that this is Hadith Qudsi. Hadith Qudsi is the, the Hadith where Allah speaks directly in it. So he says, Allah said, I've divided the Salah prayer between myself and between my slave into halves, two halves. So it sounds like he's talking about the prayer, right? Then he starts to explain Al-Fatiha. So from this, the scholar said that one of the names of Al-Fatiha is Al-Salah. And why? Because without the Fatiha, then your Salah or that unit of prayer is deficient. Okay? So the Allah says, I, I cut the half or divided the Salah, meaning the Fatiha, between myself and between my servant into two exact halves. Right? And then he explains. And he says, uh, And my slave or servant will get whatever he asked for in the Fatiha. And then he says, Allah Jalla says, and so when my servant says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, all praise, thanks, love, and greatness is due to Allah, the Lord of the heavens and the earth, or the Lord of everything that exists, excuse me. Call Allah Ta'ala. He says that then Allah says, Hamadani Abdi. My my slave or my servant, Hamadani. Now we said this word Hamid. Is a very deep, rich word. It includes to praise Allah. It includes to thank Him. It includes to its recognition that He deserves all praise and thanks. But then also, it has al mahabba wa ta'zim in it. Okay, mahabba is love, which is you recognize that you love. Now, love we explain, or the scholars explain as the love that we know. But then the type of love that's like a reverence, like for example. They use, they have a piece of poetry in Arabic and they said that verily the one who loves someone, then they don't disobey them. And it's like, for example, when you have someone that, that you honor or respect, then you're not going to do certain things that you know are displeasing to them, even if it's something you want to do. You want to eat uh, with your fingers, but you're in front of someone that you love and respect and reverence. And they say, well, I, I, they don't like people eating their fingers, like people eat with, their fork, with a fork. So you say, out of respect, I'm going to eat with the fork because I know I don't want to offend them. So the point is, al-mahabba wa ta'zim is every type of love and reverencing. All of this is in, is in alhamdulillah. So when we say this with our heart connected, and that's the point of me bringing this, is because we say this and some people just kind of rattle off their tongues every time that they say, but we're supposed to be thinking in deep contemplation with our hearts connected. When we say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Allah is responding to us. And he says, Hamadani Abdi, that verily my, my slave or my servant has given me proper hamd. And then when you say, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, then he says, Jalla wa'ala, Allah says, Athna alayya Abdi. In the explanation, they say that it's, it's this thanat, is on a different level than Hamd. So you start with Hamd, then you go another level of Thana'ah. Okay, so as I, on top of that, he has praised and extolled me. Okay, and then when you say Maliki Yawmuddin, uh, oh, let me explain, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. Ar-Rahman is, they both mean the merciful, but Ar-Rahman is like the most beneficent because it's the mercy that spreads over everything. As Allah Jalla says, Wa-Rahmati wasi'at kulla shay. My mercy expands and extends over everything okay and then a rahim is something that's special for the believers a special type of mercy 
So when we say that, he says, my, my slave has praised me, uh, has extolled me on a higher level because he realizes all that I give him. Maliki Yomadin. When you say that, which is the master or the Lord, I mean the master or the king of the day of judgment or the king of the day of retribution, the king of the day of recompense, however you want to translate it. He says, Majedani Abdi. He says, my, excuse me, my slave has recognized my nobility, my amazingness, and also my generosity. All right. Um, and it can also mean abdi. My lord, uh, my slave of a servant has entrusted his affairs to me. And then when you say this is where it cuts in half. Okay. goes back with all of this, which is my slave has now properly praised me. Okay. And then is uh, and he's seeking my assistance. All right. But what Allah says is, This is between me and between my servant. And my slave will, or servant will get whatever he asks for or supplicates for. All right. So the point is, is that we learn from this first half. Number one, the, 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 the Fatiha is seven verses. So it's split exactly in three and a half when we get to Iyak and Na'bud. From Iyak and Na'bud back, all of that is praising and extolling Allah. And then Iyak and Nasta'in to the, to the end, the other three and a half is now do what's called Dua al-Mas'ala or supplication when you're asking or imploring him for something. So Allah responds and he says, whatever it is that he asks me for henceforth, I'm going to give it to him. And then we make the Dua. Uh, guide us to the straight path. The path of those who you bestowed your, your ni'mah or your, your, your blessing upon. Not the ones who have incurred your wrath because they have knowledge and don't act on it. Nor the ones who are astray because they don't have knowledge and they act on their desires. Okay, so this is the understanding as the Prophet described it to us when about uh, uh, he described it and the solace said that the description shows that they earned the wrath for the anger of Allah because of the fact they have knowledge and don't act on it or apply it. And then the Dalin are those who are astray because of the fact that they work on their desires and don't seek out the proper knowledge. All right. So this is the 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 in general this is the statement of of Abu Huraira and this is can be found in Sahih Muslim uh, Sahih Muslim excuse me and it's a very very important hadith because like I said it teaches us how to make dua okay and you'll find that these two portions or these two halves of dua is in the majority of duas that we say you'll you may think okay well, let's give you some examples first, okay? Think of any du'a that you can come up with, anything, okay? I'm thinking of a few right now, and I'll start with them. Um, if you say, for example, رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَا وَفِي الْأَخِرَةِ حَسَنَا وَقِينَ عَذَابِ النَّارِ I think we all know this. When he say, O oh, our Lord, give us the hasana or the good in this dunya, and the, and the hasana or the good in this akhirah, and, and if hereafter, and save us from the fire. The first thing that you do is say Rabbana. Every time we say Rabbana or we say Rabbi or we say Allahumma, 
we're making closeness to Allah and this is dua al-ibadah, okay? It's a recognition that we know that Allah is our Lord. And Rabb means what? Al-Khaliq, Al-Raziq, Al-Mudabbir. Uh, Al-Mudabbir. He's the one who created us. He's the one who provides for us. And he's the one who governs over or takes care of our affairs. So if we have our heart connected and we say, Rabbi, <clears throat> You don't have to say almost anything else. You can just say that. And as Ayyub said, he said, uh, uh, He didn't even ask for anything. He just said, Difficulty has hit me. And you are the, the most merciful of those soul mercy. The point is, is that you can have in your heart what you need and make a portion of it on your tongue. And if you do it sincere, then Allah will answer your dua. Okay? And it happens all the time. Rabbi. Rabbi. And it's like, it's clear. Based on the al-hal, based on the context of the situation, what you need. Okay? But the point is, is, is that if you do it sincere, so when you say, Allahumma, it was an imam that, uh, one of my favorite imams, Imam Asim Durashid, Allah yurhamu, he just passed away um, a, a few months ago. Uh, or not too long ago. And the point is, is that he would always, we'd be sitting around and something is deep and he said, Allahumma, or something that you just, that's all he would say. And he would say it with such feeling that we understood and it was clear the context that it was being say it, said in. So the point is, is not how many words you say, but where your heart is at when you say those words, okay? So let's just give a few different examples, a few more examples of different du'as, okay? The du'a, Rabbana taqabbal minna, innaka anta sami'ul alim. Oh Allah, accept from us. Verily, you are a Samir, the one who hears everything. Al-Alim, the one who knows everything. It's a sandwich. Rabbana, we start as a recognition of ibadah, recognition of his, of his oneness as our Lord. And then we ask, taqabbal minna, accept from us. Innaka anta, with tawkeed, with, with uh, uh, emphaticness. Verily, you, surely you are. Al-Alim. We recognize that you hear everything and you know everything. So we put... Please accept from us and closed it in with recognition of his lordship in the beginning and then recognition of him being his Asma wa Sifat or his perfect names in the end. A dua that can be answered. And this is in the Quran. Another dua in the Quran. Uh, you know what? Let's go to the duas in Surah Al-Anbiya. In Surah Al-Anbiya, it's a bunch of duas. It's called Al-Anbiya because Anbiya means the prophets. And in there, a bunch of different du'as are made by the prophets in their different situations. So the first situation it talks about is Ibrahim. And it doesn't say the du'a that Ibrahim made. It just said the response to it. The du'a Ibrahim made, we, we, uh, said, we know from Hadith. And we know from Ayat and Surah Ali Imran. And Surah Ali Imran, it says, Allah Jalla wa'ala says, Alladheena, uh, 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 He says uh, that when they're in the situation of difficulty they're in, Okay, they say, Allah is enough for me or sufficient for me to rely on. And he is the best one in order to be a governor over my affairs or the one who takes care of me or like this. So the point is, Allah shows our lowliness and our need. Wakid shows our recognition of his loftiness. Okay, Ibrahim said that as the Prophet ﷺ said, explaining this, this ayat, he said, this is the same dua that Ibrahim said that got him saved from that great fire that Namrud had thrown him into. So Allah says in this surah, surah to Anbiya, he says what? Ibrahim. We said to the fire, the fire has its own nature. That's all it does is burn. 
we said to it, be not just barden, uh, because if it was too cold, he freeze to death. Barden wasalaman, be uh, uh, cool and tranquil upon Ibrahim. Okay, so in the tafsir, it brings the whole situation and it brings that Jibril even came to Ibrahim when he was in the fire and he said, Do you need any any uh, assistance from me? And he said, for, From you, la, but from Allah, bala. Okay, he said that from you, no, I don't need any assistance, but from Allah, for sure, I need assistance. Or in other words, I'm dependent on Allah. Hasbi Allah wa ni'mal wakil. Okay, and that's the explanation of the Hasbi Allah wa ni'mal wakil. That Allah is enough for me and He is sufficient to govern or take care of my affairs. Okay, so that's the dua of Ibrahim. I had both points. Okay, let's go on in. The dua of Ayyub. And you know, Ayyub, which is Job, everyone knows in the whole dunya, the patience of Job. The Jews talk about it, the Christians talk about it, everyone recognizes and knows the story. The patience of Job. Job went through all the difficulty that he did, he went through. He had everything taken from him, his wealth, his health, his family, he had sickness. Everyone distanced himself, he was isolated. The only one that was st stuck by him was his wife. Um, in the midst of that, he said, uh, uh, Allah says, Wa ayyuba ibnada rabbahu anni masaniya dur wa anta arhamur rahimin. He said that Allah and, and Ayyub, when he called out to his Lord, saying, Anni masaniya dur, difficulty has hit me, difficulty or adversity has touched me. Wa anta arhamur rahimin. So the difficult part shows his humbleness and his need of Allah. Wa anta arhamur rahimin shows his recognitions of Allah's loftiness. And you are the best, the most merciful of those who show mercy. Okay, so Allah answered his dua. lahu. So we answered him. Wa kashafna ma bihi min dur. And we took it, took off of him that was on him from difficulty or removed it. Huh? And we gave him his family back and the, on, and the, the, the likes of it on top of it, meaning twofold. Huh? So he got through with his thing answered. And then let's talk about the Van Noon. Everyone knows Van Noon, which is Jonah. His name is Yunus. In Arabic, Jonah in English. So everyone knows Jonah in the belly of the well. Everyone talks about it. The Jews talk about it. The Christians talk about it. The Muslims talk about it. All right. Allah refers to that in the same uh, chapter, which is chapter the chapter of the prophets. He says, "What venun if thehaba mughadiba?" And the 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 we call it venun because he's like uh, that means the possessor or the one who was in. And noon is the well, okay? So the one who was in the well, meaning Jonah, when he left away from his people because his people weren't listening, so he left without permission from Allah. Every other prophet left with what? They had permission from Allah to leave. Jonah was the only situation where he got fed up with them, and after he told them what to do and what's going to happen, they didn't listen. He's like, I'm fed up. So he left out. And that's the reason why that's the only people that a prophet left away from and they got saved, okay? Uh, Allah says in Surah Yunus, in Surah Yunus, He says, and if there was any people, the only ones who they did, uh, 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 that they believed after their prophet left and it benefited them was the people of Yunus because he left without permission, so they still had a chance. They all gathered together and said, wait a minute, Yunus left. We in trouble now. Let's all come together. And they all came together and raised their hands and made dua. And Allah answered their dua and tested Yunus. 
The point is, Yunus goes, he leaves out angry. Uh, and he goes, as I said, in Surah Al-Safat, he went to the Fulkil uh, Mashhoon. He went to, to into the, the, the laden boat or the boat that was already filled up. Gets into the boat, the boat starts going going crazy. And so it's different narrations. Some of them say that after they took, they took the, they, they, they drew lots. And each time he came up short. So some of the narrations say that they realized that he, they had to throw him off the boat, even though he was righteous and they knew him to be a righteous person. They had to throw him off the boat to save themselves. Some of the narrations said that they said, uh, uh, we can't throw you off the boat. And so he threw himself off the boat. Whichever situation, he gets off the boat, gets swallowed by the, by the, by the well, he's down in the ocean. And then what? He starts to pray. Once he wakes up and realizes, I'm still alive, immediately he starts to pray. And this is the prayer that he said. He said, uh, uh, Okay? So he calls out in the darkness of that well, in the darkness of the ocean, in the darkness of the night, the three veils of darkness. He calls out and he says, La ilaha illa, and there's nothing worthy of worship except you, the only one that deserves all obedience, the only one huh, that we don't disobey. Huh? La ilaha illa, and subhanaka, glorify be you. So is this extolling him? And then he recognizes his lowliness. I'm the one who messed up. I was the one from the wrongdoers. I messed up right now. Allah Jalla wa Ala says about this situation, He said, if it wasn't for the fact that Yunus was always good, even in good times, he was always worshiping Allah. It ain't like the people that wait to the bad times and say, oh, Lord, I need your help. Even in good times, he was always from the musabihin, from the people constantly making tasbih and thanking Allah and glorifying him. He said, Allah says, We would have left him in that well until the day of resurrection if he wasn't from those people who always praise Allah. He just made a mistake. So we saved him. The point is, is, is that from this, we learn the statement of the Prophet. Remember Allah in good times, and He remember you in rough times. So this situation, He called out, "I recognize your loft, your, your exaltedness, your loftiness. You're the only one that deserves to constantly be obeyed. All glory to you." And I recognize my lowliness, and I was the one who made a mistake. So Allah Jalla says, So we answered him. And we saved him from the distress. And this is the point. And like this, we save everyone who believes. Meaning what? If you're constantly doing good and then you slip or make a mistake, don't fret or be in despair. Call out to Allah and you can make literally tawassal with that by the name, by the fact that Allah, you know me and you know I try my best to do right. I stumble, I make missteps, I make mistakes, but you know my heart, I love you and I, I'm sincere in what I do. Allah, by way of my sincerity, please save me from this difficult situation. Literally making tawassal a closeness to him by that, okay? The next one and the last one that we're going to do, um, we have other ones, but let's just close out with this maybe. Let's do this and see how much time we have. Was Zachariah and Zechariah. Everyone knows Zechariah, okay? Zechariah is the father of John or Yahya, okay? We call him Yahya. And like I said to y'all before, every name in Arabic has a meaning, okay? So John 
I'm not sure what that meaning what that means, but in Arabic is Yahya because it was he was given life by way of this dua. Okay, the one who was given life by way of the dua of his father. Okay, so Ismuhu Yahya Lem min qablu Nobody was named Yahya before him. Okay, but now there's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people named Yahya. Okay, so my point is, was Zachariah when he was making that dua for John or Zechariah when he made the dua? Or the supplication in order to get John, okay? And when did he make that? He made that after seeing Maryam and what Maryam was getting his blessing from Allah, okay? Uh, Allah says about the the situation of Maryam, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. She said, he said, and we accepted the dua or the supplication of her mother and a, a, a complete acceptance. And we raised her, the perfect raising, and Zechariah was the one who used to take care of her or who was responsible for her, to oversee her. Because she he was married to a relative. He was, it was a, a relative, uh, uh, he was related to her by marriage. So, Every time that he went into to check on her, into her place of worship, he will find that she has provisions. She has all kinds of beautiful provisions and sustenance. Call ya Mariamu, anna laki hava. He said, "Where you get this sustenance from?" Call it. Mary said, "Woman in Allah, God gives it to me." Inna Allah yarzuku man yasha bi ghairi hisab. Verily, Allah provides for whoever He wills, however He wants, without any type of, uh, you know, with with no limits. Kunalika daazakiriya Rabba. Right there, right there. He learnt from Mary, who he's the one responsible for. He learnt from her, and he's an old man at the time. And made dua. Rabbi habli min ladunka dhuriyatun tayyibah. Give me from you, from with, from you. This is the point. Rabbi habli. He recognized Rabb, my Lord. Habli. Give me, because I'm in need. Min ladunka. From you, with your loftiness. Dhuriyatun tayyibah. And my humbleness. Uh, Righteous offspring. In the kasami or dua, recognizing again his loftiness. Fairly, you up above hear everything and hear all. And so he was answered. So the point is, in this situation, he says, Rabbi la tadarni farda. Again, recognizing his loftiness. My Lord, the caretaker, the sustainer of all, don't leave me alone. Wa anta khairul wadithin. And then recognizing his greatness again, because you are the one. Who gives the best of inheritance? Or you're the best of inheritors. Okay? And so we answered for him. And we gave him John. And we corrected or fixed his wife. Because his wife was Aqiran before that. His wife was a woman that was barren even at a young age. And then she's at an older age. And all of a sudden God blesses her to be able to have a baby. Okay, so the point is, is that we see from all of this, from the scriptures themselves and the righteous people, the prophets and messengers that are mentioned in the scriptures, the way to make supplication to God is to recognize his loftiness, sincere from your heart, recognize your lowliness, ask sincerely, Allahu Ahad, Allahu Samad, okay, that's why we say that sometimes. Or calling on Allah as being the unique, the only one, Lisa Kimitli Shay, the only one that's so unique that is no husband and wife and children and all that. He's one. He begets not nor is he begotten. Allahu Sabad. And then you recognize your lowliness. Yasmudu ilayhi khala'iq. That everything in creation 
turns to him in need and turns to him to seek the benefit or to get the the what they with their needs met like this al hay al qayyum we say that yeah hayyu ya qayyum bi rahmatika astaghith al hay once again recognizing he's the one who is living ever living and never sleeps and qayyum and he's the one who governs over all of us in our loneliness and in our need he's the one that takes care of all of that okay yeah dhal jalali wal ikram again Loftiness, Jalal, your majesty, I recognize. Wa ikram, and you're the one who gives with generousness, great generousness to us lowly people in our need. That's the formula to see your success. And it's right there every time that you recite Al-Fatiha. And if you don't remember all of it, just remember Iyaka Na'bud is Ibadah. Seek his, uh, recognizing his loftiness. Wa Iyaka Nasta'een. And to you, we seek assistance, recognizing our lowliness. May Allah make us use the formula that we've learned and always remember Allah in His greatness and us in our need. And there's nothing bad to say we are in need of Allah. We might be in need of other people. That might be a problem. We'll never, ever look down upon for being in need of Allah. May Allah make us of those who follow that. And as I always say, make sure that we all apply what we learn and may Allah allow us all to come together in this world and in the hereafter in the best way. And Till next time, it's been Yusuf. Assalamu <laughs>